following is a presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Big 12 era has begun, and BYU Cougars football is on the air. Keaton Slovis sets and fires and has Keanu Hill in the end zone for the touchdown. We are two hours away from kickoff, and it's time to get you ready for the matchup with Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is brought to you by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Tucano's Brazilian Grill. Phenomenal flavors, a festive setting, and more fun than you can shake a skewer at. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Now, to get you ready for today's game, alongside Hans Olsen, here's your host, Jason Shepard. Oh, we've got football on a Saturday. Good afternoon, BYU fans. Welcome into Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Tonight, the BYU Cougars hit the road for the first time this season. They are in Fayetteville, Arkansas to face the Arkansas Razorbacks. My name is Jason Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us for BYU football this gorgeous Saturday afternoon. Joining me from Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville, Arkansas, is former Cougar and our radio analyst, Hans Olsen. Hans, how are you, my friend? More importantly, how are you doing, Shep? I'm doing great. Question. I'm uh, I'm I'm a little jealous when I saw the pictures of the barbecue excursion that uh, that the crew had out in Arkansas because <laughs> that looked amazing. Besides that, I'm doing great. I don't know where they got a woolly mammoth to kill, bring down, and smoke its rib, but they did it. It was a full blown woolly mammoth rib, and that's about as much meat as I've ever had on an actual beef rib. It was so good. It has been amazing. I am backstroking right now in college football like I'm as deep in college football as you can be and I'm just enjoying my backstroke and looking up at the sky and feeling the amazing weather and you've got just the perfect college game day with an SEC opponent we walked five full blocks from our parking area to the stadium Shep and every single square inch of those five blocks was jam-packed with Razorbacks fans out tailgating, having a blast, mingling with a few BYU fans. The BYU Blue has been piling in, though. Uh, there were quite a few guys that were yelling, Greg, hey, Greg, who are those guys tagging along with you? And Greg, I have to give him a shout-out, like, oh, you know, this is our broadcast crew. Man, they love Greg. But it has been an absolute beautiful start to what you hope is a beautiful ending to a college football game day. No question about it. And I think regardless, tell me if, uh, if you agree or disagree on this, regardless of how the first two games for BYU would have played out one way or the other, this was always going to be the game where we probably were going to get our first real idea of what BYU was. And this, I mean, we talked about it being the first road game. This is the first test of the season i think we're going to learn a lot about this byu football team today it is and it's actually the first test for both teams which i really love because i now watched full games of western carolina and arkansas and kent state and arkansas and let me tell you ship we know more about byu than i think at this point we know about arkansas i think we know less about the razorbacks at this point But we also know enough about BYU that there are some improvements that need to be made across the offensive line and in the run game. 
I, I think that there's other improvements across the board, uh, getting a pass rush. But to your point, and I love the point that you make, Shep. I think it's very astute, and I think it's front and center of today's game for all the BYU fans out there. The reason it's so astute, Southern Utah and Sam Houston have been doing things in an attempt to survive. For instance, just go back, take a stopwatch between snap and throw. When the quarterback gets the ball and throws the ball for Southern Utah and Sam Houston, it's very fast. K.J. Jefferson is going to take more time to throw the ball. So do you have the potential for some of your twists, your stunts, your blitzes? Do you have the potential to get there? Because Southern Utah and Sam Houston, they manufactured the ball getting out, and they manufactured it to one sack for BYU. It's still not enough. I would have still liked more sacks if they could have broke free a couple times, got some clean hits on the quarterback. That's great. But Sam Houston and Southern Utah's game plan was to make sure that they didn't give up sacks. On the flip side of things with the run game, Sam Houston was spilling safeties. They had a six-man box, but they would leak in linebackers. They would leak in safeties, and they were packing the box in order to stop the run game. In other words, Shep, they were threatening Aaron Roderick to throw the football. And Aaron Roderick wanted to get it to the outsides, and he wanted to throw the football, and he wanted to check the arm of Slovis because the arm of Slovis is going to be a key when you get into these games like Arkansas and Kansas. So I think it's a a well-asked question. I think it's very important, and I think there's a lot of details into why we're about to learn what BYU is because Arkansas is going to do things that Arkansas does. Yeah, They're not going to do things to survive. They're going to do things that Arkansas does and say, all right, BYU, stop it. And what they do is much unique compared to what Southern Utah and Sam Houston brought. Well, and on the other side of that, and and this comes to another point that I wanted to make, and and you you started to go there a little bit when you were talking about, you know, what Sam Houston was doing in Southern Utah. BYU was not going to put anything on film against Southern Utah or Sam Houston that they wanted Arkansas or Kansas or Cincinnati to see. We're going to see a different BYU offense, and quite frankly, probably a a different BYU defense because they didn't want to show their hand in week one and two. We're going to see a completely different team with a couple more wrinkles than what we saw in the first two weeks, and I think that's a good thing because we saw the offense take a step forward. We saw how good the defense was against Sam Houston, and they obviously had their moments against Southern Utah as well. I'm excited to see the step that this, this group takes today against a higher caliber opponent but also with a little bit more of the playbook opened up it should be the case Uh, i think that against sam houston there was a press the panic button moment when things were starting to crank up and sam houston was showing that they'd come to win and not just be pushed over and i do think that the offense started to push a little bit get a little more creative maybe dig a little bit deeper into some of the install that they put in through camp because they knew they had to put some points on the board because sam houston was pushing the tempo so they opened up it a bit and then you know you put some things in against southern utah and you ask your wide receivers to block and they start doing that and big things start to open up but i do believe that there is another layer to the game I think there's another layer to the game. I think it needs to be more creative. I think you've got to be more of an architect as an offensive coordinator when you're taking on an Arkansas team on their own field in an effort to get a win. So I expect 
Because, Shep, think about it, man. We've been watching Roderick for a lot of years now. Yeah. A lot of years. And there's always something. There's always a throwback. And I know we saw a throwback against Southern Utah, but there's always some type of reverse throwback. There's always something that is a wrinkle that a lot of times works, sometimes doesn't. Sometimes he's got egg on his face. Sometimes he looks like a genius. But I would expect certain things. I'll tell you, one of the wrinkles many years ago um, before Roderick came in, I was talking to Greg about this when we were out at our weekly practice on Wednesday down in Provo. When Jeff Grimes was going against Wisconsin and came up with his fly sweep concepts, uh, a team that you knew that it was going to be a tough fight, a team that had a big bulky front, a team that was going to be difficult, and they basically out-schemed them. And I do think that there's an element of that against Arkansas because they've got all the speed in the world. Uh, money could not buy a better defense, Shep, at least personnel. They went out and they have purchased some top-end defensive personnel. So you're going to need to be creative with your playbooks. Well, BYU is going to start a freshman running back, and L.J. Martin has certainly earned that opportunity. We will see all of the running backs, according to Aaron Roderick, but L.J. Martin is going to get the start. Will Cody Epps be back? That's something that we'll find out a little bit later on in pregame when we get a chance to talk with Greg Rubel. But on the other side, we're going to talk with the voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett. Remember, Arkansas came into Provo last year and beat BYU 52-34. That loss to the Hogs was really the driving force for change on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, they are without Raheem Rocket Sanders, but quarterback K.J. Jefferson is still there, and he is a big-time problem. We will get the latest on the Razorbacks when Chuck Barrett joins us next. This is Mountain America Credit Union Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's Jason Shepard. It's a big one here in week three. The Cougars' first test of the season, first road game of the season in Fayetteville, taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Welcome back in. Jason Shepard in our BYU Radio Studios in Provo. Also in Fayetteville is Hans Olsen. And joining Hans in the booth is Chuck Barrett. He is in his 17th season calling Razorbacks football and in his 31st season overall involved in Arkansas athletics. And by the way, he was recently inducted into the Arkansas Sportscasters and Sports Writers Hall of Fame. First and foremost, Chuck, uh, congratulations on that honor, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you. You guys know how to make a guy feel welcome. (laughs) How cool is that, man? Thank you very much. Was that a pretty cool moment? It was a nice deal. It really was. It uh, really was. Made me feel a little old, but uh, (laughs) it was very, very nice. I know. Very appreciative. Shep, you could have backed off a little bit on the 30-plus years. I mean, yeah, exactly. You could have been like, you know. It's getting started in this business. That's right, right yeah. That's why I went with the 17 years just uh, with football. How about that? We just stick with that? That's good. Okay. That's good. That's good. Thank you. You bet. Let, let's talk about this 2-0 Razorback team. Are, are the team and the fans pleased with where they are right now heading into week three? Well, it depends on who you talk to. Um, you know, I think when you talk about the fan base first, I think that sometimes, you know, if you don't, have a lot of style points in the first couple of weeks of the season. People forget that it's still a work in progress. And 
You know, Arkansas started two first-timers at their two tackle spots on the offensive line, and they had an injury to a guy there in the first game, and, you know, they got a 1,400-yard back out, and, you know, they've not rushed the ball, I don't think, quite the way a lot of people thought they might. So, yeah, there's maybe a little consternation about that. Um, and, and, you know, it was interesting this week listening to first Coach Pittman for us and then Coach Sataki about, you know, the similar things that they said regarding their offensive lines and how, you know, you throw over the other guys if they stack the box. And, um, you know, so I think Arkansas is going to be okay. I think the players and the coaches are fine. I think the fans maybe would have preferred a few more style points. But um, I think they're glad they're 2-0. and Chuck, I want to start by saying thanks for sharing this game day with us. This is a lot of fun. In I'm your, glad you guys are enjoying it. In your years just being here, is, has it always been this level of energy and excitement? We walked five bike b- blocks of just pure tailgate. Well, this is our first night game of the season, so that always you know lends itself to a little bit better game day atmosphere. Uh, this is, you know, we're kind of like, BYU, kind of like you guys. We've played a couple of opponents that, you know, don't really have a lot of cachet. And so, you know, BYU does. And it's, you know, it's a power five game now. So, and it was a good game last year. What I hope, and I'm, I made this comment, and, and, and I'm sincere when I say this, I've had at least a dozen Razorback fans say to me this week, I hope our fans treat BYU's fans as well as they treated us out there uh, last year. So, um, you know, it's, it's nice for us to have a team in our stadium that we don't play every year, and, and I'm going to assume that, you know, BYU fans are about to see a lot of new places, and we're glad that we're the first. Chuck, BYU fans remember Rocket Sanders last year in Provo, 175 yards, two touchdowns. He is not going to play today. Um, he, he will not be in uniform. What does the loss of Sanders mean for the offense overall, and does it basically mean it's all on the shoulders of quarterback K.J. Jefferson? Well, it sure means a lot more of it is, yes. Um, and I don't think that you would be stretching it to say that, you know, they're going to lean on him in a major way over the next two or three weeks. I don't think it's going to be something, you know, if, if Sanders can come back and if they can get things shored up on the offensive line, I don't think it's going to be a situation where they have to lean on him quite as much, particularly in the running game. But if you look at last week, Arkansas was, you know, they struggled to run the ball until they just started running basic quarterback sweeps, you know, with the with the running back as the lead blocker, and that kind of opened things up in the middle. But, yes, I think they're going to lean on K.J. in a major way. There are other weapons but I do think he's their best player. And, you know, when you're in the situation Arkansas is in offensively right now, I think, you know, there's the tendency to put it on his shoulders. It's pretty impressive that this Arkansas team has not given up a turnover. They're plus six in the turnover margin right now. It's pretty impressive. Is that just something that Coach Pittman really pushes and stresses? Well, you look at Jefferson's numbers. If you look at K.J. Jefferson's numbers, the thing he's always done very well is avoid interceptions. Now, you know, there are times when he'll throw, you know, what from the outside looking in is a bad incompletion. But either the offensive guy, you know, either the receiver's going to catch it or nobody's going to catch it. And he's always done a good job in that area. And, you know, the thing that I've noticed, quite honestly, is they've got defensive players who can catch the ball. You know, sometimes, you know, we all know this, DBs are DBs because they couldn't catch the ball when they were wide receivers. And that's why they're DBs now. And, but, you know, they've been able to catch them and score with them. They've had two pick sixes. 
So um, that's helped a lot. I'm curious with the addition of some new coordinators, how different will Arkansas look today than what maybe BYU saw last season? There's not going to be as much RPO in the offense. Uh, There's going to be a lot more zone reads. Uh, K.J. will be under center some, but I still think their bread and butters with him is going to be off the zone read, you know, out of the uh, out of the gun. Uh, But you won't see the RPO stuff as much as you did before. Dan Enos was the offensive coordinator when Sam Pittman was the offensive line coach here, both under Brett Bielema. So, you know, now the situation, he's the the coordinator again, but Sam Pittman's head coach. So um, they knew one another well and have known one another well. And, um, you know, when it came time to hire a new one, that was a pretty easy call. Uh, Defensively, you know, Travis Williams has a big SEC background. He played at Auburn. He was a really good linebacker at Auburn. And, you know, they, they've got a little bit more aggressive mindset, I think. Uh, they you know, rebuilt through the portal on their defensive line, and I think they're, they're, they're more legitimate there in terms of being too deep on the offensive line. We saw that last week. You know, they, they, they really did a good job of getting after the quarterback. If Arkansas can get pressure on the quarterback with four, They've got a chance to have a pretty good defense, but kind of like everybody else, if they don't, and they couldn't last year, um, they're going to give up some points. Let's talk a little bit more about this defensive line because it really impressed me through the first two game films that I was able to watch. Just their rotation from Trajan Jeffcoat to bringing in John Morgan, who was a transfer that's got 14 and a half sacks coming into this season. He's the highest sack total, I think, across that defensive line. You see guys like Landon Jackson, a team captain, big body. What is he, 6'6"? Six, six, six. He's 6'7 six, and 280 after playing at 236 wow. last year. That, I, I'm telling you, when, he, when he's on the field, he, yeah. you see him. And, and so this defensive line, it rotates a lot. They do. Bodies are just constantly shifting. It's almost like a full, uh, hockey, a full hockey team shift. But um, just talk about their ability to do that with their depth, how important that is for them. This is the first time Arkansas has been able to do this in a while. And clearly, as the season wears on, you know, you'll find out, are you really eight deep or are you really six deep? Uh, you know, some, some, sometimes it takes half a season before you really know that. But so far, they've been legitimately eight deep there. And, um, you know, Trey John Jeffcoat, you know, a lot of people forget he was first team all SEC in the COVID year at Mizzou. Um, this, this guy's a good player. And so there have been players, quite honestly, for Arkansas that have played and started that they're still playing, but not as many snaps and they're not starting anymore. So, you know, when you bring COVID or pardon me, portal guys in, you, you know, you bring them into play and they've been able to do that on the defensive line. Chuck, last thing before we let you go, and again, we appreciate your time. What do you think this one boils down to today? What's, uh, what's it come down to? Well, Arkansas is going to lean on K.J. Arkansas came out the first week and threw the football uh, a good bit in the first, first part of the ball game. I, I suspect that the pattern for Arkansas, for a little while anyway, is going to be throw, throwing the ball maybe early and try to soften up the defense in, uh, in that regard. But, you know, BYU's got an impressive offense, too. Neither one of these teams has run the ball well. The one that does tonight might have a chance to win. Um, you know, and you got to hang on to the ball. I mean, it sounds yeah. really simple, but, but, boy, you better do it. 
He is the voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett. Chuck, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. We truly appreciate it, and have a great call today. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thank Chuck. you, guys. Welcome. W- welcome to Arkansas, by uh, the way. Glad to be here. There we go. That is Chuck Barrett. Always good to, uh, to hear from him. We'll take a quick break. Coming up, Hans will break down the Cougar receivers, but not the receptions. X's and Olsons is next. You're listening to the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Pregame Live. Brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Mountain America is the official credit union of BYU Athletics. You know, Hans, it's good to know that even when you're a couple of states uh, away from me, that uh, guitar riff still sounds smooth as silk. Sorry, I have to do it during the show. I, I know I should probably set it down while we're doing the show, but <laughs> I'm having fun, man. I got a guitar. Hey, by the way, they're filing in the student section as we speak right now, Chef. Do they have a name? So, like like The Rock? Do they have something like that? Are they called anything? Uh, not that I know of. I don't see anything that's placed out there. I just see them filing in. They file them in kind of one by one. It looks like that's the stu- that is the student section across there, isn't it, Jake? Yeah, I think that's the student section across there, and it's it's just starting to really flow in now. But looks like it's a pretty big student section. Well, hey, if anybody knows if there's an official name for the Arkansas football student section, uh, you can uh, you can tweet either Hands or myself. Uh, I'm at JSN Shep. Hands is a uh, 97.5 Hands, right? Yes. Yes, there you go. So if anybody knows if they have a name, feel free to to chime in. All right, it's time for X's and Olson. And Hans, you want to talk about receivers, but it may not necessarily be what people are thinking because when looking at the impact that a receiver can make, it's not all about receptions and yards after the catch, is it? Well, it isn't. And and Aaron Roderick and Fessy Sataki's offense, it's so important. Every offense, you've got to have receivers blocked. But, you know, I go back to my old days in, in the Norm Chow offense. It was important for receivers to hook up a corner a little bit here and there, but the way everything's out of shotgun and the way everything flips to flats and the way they run their screen game, the way they run their bunch and their trips formations, you really do get a lot of passes out into open space. And if receivers get a couple blocks, you get yardage. I'm going to take you one to one plate in particular. It was the Darius Lasseter touchdown came off the left side. It was a flip to the screen right out in the flats. It started out with a Waylon Lapawaiho block just off by the numbers. Really nice, just picked up a block. And then it went to an Isaac Rex block on a scraping safety. And then to polish it off near the end zone as Darius Lasseter was scoring, Chase Roberts was driving his corner outside of the end zone. So right there, just that one screen, it took three big blocks to get Lassiter all the way up the sideline for the touchdown. I will say it was an extraordinary effort from Lassiter, too. He did a couple of big things, leaps, jumps, a couple of stiff arms here and there, but it was the blocking that got him those open looks. And you go to all the different yards that you had last week across the board for these receivers, and a lot of those yards don't come if you don't get Darius Lassiter blocking or you don't get Keanu Hill blocking. And that goes to, Shep, my next point. Getting Keanu Hill back, I think, was a real key 
to getting that blocking going again because he's a guy that's not going to put up with the lack of it. He's a veteran. He knows what's expected of him. Plus, he's a big body. He's a 6'4", 215-pound junior, so he's been around. He's a big body. He knows what Fessy expects, and I think that guys started to surround that a little bit. And you even saw guys like Kingston start to pick up blocks, and you've got Tava Tease, who just continues to be a great blocker, and Keelan Marion, who's starting to really pick things up in the blocking game. The more they block, the more they improve, the more you're going to see this offense function. The key is there are some really good corners on this Arkansas defense. Really good corners. Number two, Andrew Armstrong is as fast and as good as they come. Sorry, it's actually number 15, Jaheim Singletary, is as good and as fast as they come. He is just awesome on the outside. Um, On the other side, Dwight McLaughlin, he is... He had an interception against Kent State last week that was fantastic. So it's going to be a really good corner crew. They're going to fight their butts off, but you've got to keep blocking in order to get that movement to the outside. So BYU fans, watch for that. If you're seeing passes go to the outside, it, it, anywhere in between line of scrimmage and a 10-yard gap, you've got to see the blocking in order for those passes to produce some yardage. And it's look, it's especially at the skill positions. It's it's not necessarily the the glamour thing to do in terms of if you're a receiver, block downfield and things like that. But it's so necessary, and it can really pay dividends for your offense overall if the blocking is in the right spot. It changes the way a play can develop. Yeah, it does, and you know that's something that we need to talk to Mitch Jurgens a little bit about. Just him being a receiver and him playing on the outside and understanding the importance of the blocking. It's kind of strange, Shep, because when you take the jump from high school football to college football, every position group has an eye-opening thing that they weren't really used to as their high school superstar. Typically for running backs, it's picking up pass pros. It's all of the different expectations in pass pros. You've got to learn so many different blitzes and twists, and you've got to understand where you've got to be, and then you've got to be able to anchor on a 235-pound backer that's headhunting your quarterback. So running backs, a lot of times, it's pass pro. I, I think for receivers, a lot of times, especially in this type of offense, it's getting there and understanding, well, I've got to lock up this corner, this athletic dude. I've got to press him to the outside. I can't give up on this just because – I don't want to exhaust myself. I've got to run a deep route yes. on the next play, possibly. Yep. Like it's it's like watching any NBA player nowadays play any defense. They just <laughs> don't play defense at all because well, I've got to go get my scores up. Well, no, that's just not how this game is on the offensive side of the ball for Aaron Rodgers. If you don't block, he's going to take you off the field. All right, Hans. Before we break, I found the answer to the student section. Now, Google is a beautiful thing, and I did find an official Instagram account of the Arkansas Razorback student section. Are you ready for the name? Because it is perfect. It is perfect. I'm, I'm ready. The Trough. Oh, that is really good, actually. <laughs> That's really good. That's good. That is really uh, good. Um, so I just took Jake Murphy's binoculars and i'm looking across the field just so everybody understands where the student section is stationed it's directly across the field from the media booth 
And it is on the right side of looking out from the media booth. And right on the front row, they have about, what is that, 14, maybe 15 young men without their shirts on that have painted red shirts with white striping around their neck and arms. And they have the letters on their chest that spell out, Welcome to the SEC. Basically telling BYU, yeah, remember what happened last year? (laughs) Thought you could keep up with the SEC crew? Well, now welcome to our house. We're going to make it even more difficult here for you. The student section, oh, my gosh, man, they've got cowboy hats and feathers poking out of their cowboy hats. They're they're carrying red pom-poms. They are stacked and ready to be a threat in that backside end zone for BYU. BYU doesn't want to get stacked up there with a fourth down and one. With the trough behind you. They don't want the trough behind them. No, that's a bunch of snorting hogs over there. That's right. All right, coming up next, he switched from Boise State Blue to BYU Blue. Isaiah Banya joins me for this week's Shep Talk after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's Jason Shepard. Before we get to this week's Shep Talk interview, let's quickly pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. All right, welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard with you. Defensive end Isaiah Banya was one of 60 new players to join the BYU roster this season. The former Boise State Bronco decided to transfer to BYU during the offseason. Banya is the subject of this week's Shep Talk, and I asked Isaiah how life at BYU has been so far. It's been awesome. You know, I came in about nine months ago in January during the transfer portal, the winter transfer portal, and Man, the transition's been awesome. Everybody's been super welcoming, and you know, everybody, all my teammates, I've already built such strong uh, friendships and relationships with a bunch of guys here, so it's been a great time. Does it feel like you've been here longer than you have because of the bond you've been creating? Absolutely. You know, I feel some of these guys I feel like I've known my whole life. For those that don't necessarily know your story, refresh everybody's memory on why BYU is the place for you when you decided to leave Boise State. Well, you know, a big deal, of, deal was that, you know, I grew up LDS, and so... That's something that, in a way, it felt like coming to BYU is like coming home for me, you know. And plus, my mom was very, <laughs> very on the side of me coming here too, so that definitely played a big role. But it just felt like an overall the place where I needed to be. How much of an impact did Coach Papinga have? Because you obviously he was at Boise State, now he's here, obviously. And did that play a a significant role, or did it was it not as big of a deal as maybe many would think? It definitely did play a role because, of course, who doesn't want to play for Coach Pop? You know what I'm saying? He has a great track record, and he knows exactly what he's talking about, right? But uh, initially, you know, it wasn't even him who recruited me. It was Coach Hill. And so, uh, of course, that connection built built a whole, you know, communication for between me and the rest of the defense staff. But, 
Yeah, man, it definitely played a role uh, towards the end, you know, especially when, when I want to make my decision of where I want to go and, you know, truly grow as a player and as an individual. And I think that he definitely uh, is the man to, to uh, help me with that. When you were talking about how BYU was really the place you wanted to be, what did it mean to you when BYU showed interest in having you come here? It was pretty cool, you know, especially coming from Boise State. As, as like, some know, like, you know, the Broncos and the Cougars don't have the best relationship, yeah. you know. So, but uh, it was it was definitely cool, man. I thought that it was a good place for me to go, like I said, with all the previous things I just stated, right? But at the same time, you know, going into the Big 12, I, it was cool, too, because it, I can, me coming here is, is allowing me to basically display my talents and my skill set on a bigger stage. How do you think you have performed through the first two games? We'll get to the team part of it, but you individually, how do you think you've done? It's tough because the way that certain offenses that we've played so far have, you know, schemed around our defense and everything, yeah. what type of plays they run in with offense they're utilizing. So with that being said, you know, obviously my stats aren't where I want them to be yet, but at the end of the day, I'm doing my job for the whole defense, and that's all that I can ask for myself. I'm working hard, and, you know, I'm putting all my effort out there. So the plays will come at the end of the day. I, I'm not worried about that. The stats will come, but all that matters to me is that I'm putting effort out there on the field and being out there with my guys. Being on the defense, I know Coach Hill wants pressure, and fans talk about pressure. Let's get pressure on the quarterback. Pressure, pressure, pressure. How do you think you guys have done as a defense through the first two weeks heading into game three in terms of getting more pressure? I feel like, you know, we're doing a better job. You know, you see a whole bunch of QB hits that we have. The ball's coming off fast a lot because they know what we're doing as a defense, the pressure that we're saying, the blitzes, the different stunts that we're running on the D-line. So it's something where we just got to get home and uh, keep pushing the pressure and keep pushing, you know, the quarterback to hold the ball. And that comes down to, like, all phases of the defense, right, yeah. where the coverage is, the type of rushes that we're getting as DNs, the tackles, all the above. And so we're going in the right uh, direction, at least defensively when it comes to that. But we just got to get home, man, you know, that's. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. I know you were not here for the game last year when Arkansas came to Provo. I'm curious, though, for those who were on the field that day, has there been any talk from them like, hey, let's make sure that doesn't happen again? Yeah, you know, I did hear a few things here and there, about, especially, you know, in the DN room, you know, I heard that there was some sacks left out there that could have <laughs> been, uh, could have happened. But that's one thing that, you know, they're just coming back to, you know, get redemption for last year and I totally agree and I want to I'm, I'm coming at it with the same mindset you know as if they did me wrong too so with that being said hey let's get it man hey, look both teams are 2-0 and both teams want to end Saturday at 3-0 and and what a great opportunity to be able to go on the road and play an SEC team how big of a deal is this for you guys it's huge it's totally huge in fact I take it as personal although I do take most games personal I take this one personally for sure especially you know the way that my guys talk about how important it is to them and you know it's just as important as it is for me so man it's it's cool and yeah sec you know it's a it's a good competitive conference but it doesn't matter who we play man we come in with the same mindset and same mentality regardless with that said then kj jefferson is a big physical dual threat quarterback now they're not going to have sanders but they're still capable on the offensive side what are you guys wanting to accomplish on saturday against their offense well from a defensive end standpoint in our meetings that we had today even you know we just sat there and talked about getting after the quarterback at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Of course, you know, they like to run the ball because their their coach is historically an offensive line coach. So, you know, he, it's it's definitely something that they like to emphasize in their offense. But for us, you know, we, we really want to make an emphasis of getting after the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Getting QB Higgs pressure.
pressure, sacks even, you know, all the above. And so with that being said, I feel like that will be a huge part of our game plan. All right, you ready for the final four? You ready for the personality questions? I'm, I'm ready, man. Okay. Hit them with me. We're going to get real serious, but the hard-hitting stuff is what comes now. Let's do it. Okay, what is your favorite ice cream flavor, and when was the last time you had it? Cookies and cream yesterday. Cookies and cream yesterday? Yep. From the creamery? Yes, sir. From okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. You and me are on the same page because my go. go-to at the creamery is cookies and cream. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Delicious. That's the best for it, sure. It's it my favorite. Best. Can't go wrong. You can only subscribe to one streaming service. There's a lot out there, but you can only pick one to subscribe to. Which one are you picking? Ooh, that's a good one. Netflix. Any particular reason? Is there a show that you like that's on Netflix? I like to think of myself as a loyal guy. Mm-hmm. And before any other subscriptions came out or like any of that, Netflix set the standard. It was the original, for me at least. Okay. So with that being said, Netflix, I got to stick with them, man. Okay. I like it. Hey, I like the rationale. Dog person or a cat person? Dog. I'm allergic to cats. Me too. Okay. You and I, are we twins? <laughs> Shoot, we must be, man. Are you me? <laughs> I, I, look, we may... Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So dog person. Do you have a dog? Have you had dogs in your life? I don't. I did have a dog once when I was a child, but we ended up moving across country and we just couldn't bring her with us, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. had to give her to our cousin. But ever since then, I've always wanted to get another one. <laughs> All right. Dogs are the best. All right. Last question. What does it mean to you to be a part of this season for BYU being the first P5 season in the Big 12? It means a lot. It means making history at the end of the day. This is huge, not only just for the program, but for, you know, the whole community, the whole city. And I think it's, I'm super blessed and grateful for the opportunity to be here. You know, I feel like a big part of it has to do with, you know, the plan that God has for me and the rest of the team. And like I said, community, man. So it's it's just awesome to see everything unfold and coming together, you know. And yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful and blessed for the opportunity. This is the first time I've had a chance to talk with you. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Great job. I appreciate it, and good luck in Fayetteville. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate your time, man. All right, that was defensive end Isaiah Banya. I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, Cannot wait for another opportunity to chat with the former Boise State Bronco now doing great things on the BYU defense. Coming up next, our trip around the conference. It's the Big 12 Blitz. You're tuned in to Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. I'm hanging out here in Provo. Hans is in Fayetteville. It's the Cougars. It's the Razorbacks. The Big 12 versus the SEC. Welcome back in. Mountain America Credit Union is the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And Hans, it's now time for the Big 12 Blitz. And... uh, Needless to say, it has not been a great day for the Big 12 Conference. I I actually started off my day of college football watching uh, by tuning into the uh, Missouri versus number 15 K-State game. I watched that game in its entirety. Missouri gets the walk-off 61-yard game-winning field goal, the longest field goal in SEC history to upset the Wildcats. Uh, and K-State goes down by three, 30-27. And it was a walk-off, too. That's what's yep. so crazy about it. Uh, what what an interesting game, the way that played out. I'm, I'm kind of bummed about it, to be honest with you, because K-State was my dark horse Big 12 champ. I, I thought that that was going to be the powerhouse of the Big 12, and 
I didn't expect it to be Texas, but Texas is kind of carrying the torch um, with that win last week, even though Alabama is showing that they've got some major gaps that they've got to fill now. But that was a pretty tough loss for the Big 12, seeing Kansas State at 2-0 fall to a SEC Missouri team that I, I don't know if they end up being that good. Probably not. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're look, they're 3-0, so mm-hmm. now granted, you know, they're, they're just now, they haven't even got into SEC play, but yeah, that's a, that, was a, that was a bit of a surprise that K-State went down, but I, I will tell you, yes, they lost the game, but in just in watching that team, they, they are going to cause problems. They are still a very good team. It did not work out for them today, but you can see... Uh, Howard, the quarterback, was hobbled really from the beginning of the game and still put up some pretty impressive numbers. Uh, they, they will still factor into things as this season goes, I think. I bet they will. All right, Baylor picked up their first win of the year. They're now one and two. Uh, they played Long Island University. I like to call them LIU, uh, but Baylor gets the win 30-7. to uh, And how about this one, Hans? This one was a bit of a, of a head-scratcher. Iowa State loses at Ohio. Not Ohio State, Ohio. 10-7 was the final score. Miami, Ohio, they got beat by San Diego State to start the season, and San Diego State just isn't a very good team. They've put together two wins against Long Island and FAU, so they were 2-1 and one with that loss being to San Diego State, a very mediocre Mount West team, and then beating Iowa State. Iowa State only able to conjure up, to muster, to scrape together seven total points against the mighty Miami, Ohio Bobcats. <laughs> I, I just, that's a head-scratcher. That's unacceptable. I bet Iowa State is probably looking around a little bit right now. Yeah, there are there are two games that are going on. Let's update those. Heading into the fourth quarter, uh, number 19, Oklahoma, leads Tulsa big. It's 59-17 Sooners. Uh, and just underway uh, is uh, UCF hosting Villanova. Uh, that is not kicked off yet, so that's just moments away. Uh, the rest of your Big 12 scoreboard looks like this. Uh, Cincinnati taking on Miami of Ohio. That game in about 40 minutes. Oklahoma State facing South Alabama. Texas Tech and Tarleton State will play in Lubbock. Uh, Pitt will be at West Virginia. And you mentioned uh, Texas sort of carrying the mantle for the Big 12. Uh, they're fourth ranked. They're at home. And they're taking on Wyoming, who we know uh, handed uh, Texas Tech one of those unexpected losses earlier in the season. So that game will get underway at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. And also Kansas at Nevada. That will be later on tonight. Obviously, BYU will be in Lawrence next week. But the very first Big 12 conference game is being played today in Houston. The Houston Cougars taking on TCU. That game starting at 6 o'clock. So we'll get our first official Big 12 versus Big 12 matchup of the season. All right, so BYU really hangs the hopes of the Big 12 weekend directly on themselves with this SEC matchup. But this is my get-to-know Shep segment. Okay. So my get-to-know Shep segment, if I gave you truth serum, okay, who do you want to win that game, Wyoming or number four, Texas? Oh, Texas. You want Texas to win I'm, that. I, Even though Texas is leaving the conference high and dry, Yeah, you want to see Texas, yeah. which they will. They'll, they'll own it. But I was just thinking, man. I'm There's way more a, history with Wyoming than there is with Texas. I am not a brown and mustard guy. <laughs> believe me. 
<laughs> I didn't like playing against them. I didn't like the stadium. Their fans hated me. Yeah. It, 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 it's understood. Yeah. But when it comes to this one, man, I'd love that send-off to just be ugly. Even though I don't want it to be for my old teammate Steve Sarkeesian, it would really be a fun one to see. Wyoming pull off an upset against Texas. Yeah, but see, here's, the, here's the way I look at it. It's not going to happen. So I just am mentally preparing myself. Texas is going to take Wyoming to the woodshed today. And then here's the other part. Let's say it is by a miracle the Cowboys go into Austin and beat Texas. Well, then you're kind of happy anyway. So you're sort of a win-win if you just pick Texas. You're just kind of giving yourself a winning opportunity. That's, what, I, that's what I'm saying. So there we go. Yeah, I would, I'm taking Texas in this because I know it's going to be by a very large margin today. Is Greg in the uh, is Greg in the booth with you? Is he back in now? Greg's in the booth. That means Mitch is in the booth. That means coming up next, it is our visit with the voice. We will talk with Greg Rubel when we return on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Pregame Live. Brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Joining the party now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, now I saw Hans' uh, plate of food, which was impressive. Was yours? Was your plate as full as Hans was at the barbecue place earlier today? So Hans has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> We can just leave it right there. His, his, problem, his problem is being truthful on social media about what he is or isn't eating. And today... You've discovered that? Today, he gave the impression that he was eating everything you could see in the picture. Oh, I see trays, where this is going. Yeah, one of those trays was mine. It was. Okay. okay. So I did, handle, I did handle the half rack of ribs tray. That was me. I did share with Hans because I'm that kind of guy, and, and Hans really enjoyed what he partook from my tray. In addition to the mammoth uh, beef rib, he did have one of my pork ribs, which he really enjoyed. So, Shep, I don't know if you've experienced this yet. Have you experienced the Greg Rubel hand slap? Because I reached over towards his plate. Oh, and he <laughs> and smacked your hand out of the way? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. pretty, good, pretty good hearty hand. I have not I experienced that. <laughs> no. no, I am a generous broadcast partner. Hands, my tray is Hans' tray. Oh, I just want everyone to know that Hans can put it back, but I, I was also responsible for one of those trays today. Yeah, right, by the way, and Hans has already talked about it, but beyond the actual meal itself, the experience of being there and around the Arkansas and the BYU fans for 90 minutes or so, such a fun experience. And it's not exclusive to SEC country, but it's something special about SEC country and the vibe you get, the game day vibe you get. And, yes, fans want their team to, to, to beat your team and, 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 and do so uh, emphatically. But, man, there's hospitality and there's love and there's appreciation. There's welcoming. And Hans talked about it to lead off the broadcast, Shep, with you. We walk, you know, we walk 10, 15 minutes from our car to get to the stadium and it's just nonstop people, and mostly red, but some blue. And, and there was no trash talk. There was just a lot. There was some, hey, you know, hope you're going down, but good-naturedly kind of thing. A lot of love. And, man, what, what a great way to enjoy the day before the game kicks off tonight. It that, just gives me the cool. chills just you talking about it, Greg. And it's, it's hard to really put it into expressed words just how impactful that is, really. It's that impactful, Shep, just how beautiful 
and kind and warm and welcoming. The owner of the barbecue joint that we were hanging at came out, and he said, all BYU Cougar fans, 50% off the barbecue gear. So Merchand- you could, The merchandise, the merch. Yeah, the yeah. barbecue gear, the merchandise that they're selling. So BYU fans were in there buying the merchandise. That's and awesome. He, and then he came out and he sat down with Mitch and Jake and Greg and myself. And, His name is Jordan Wright from Wright's Barbecue. And he said, hey, look, just the generosity. He came out to the Arkansas BYU game and he said, when I was sitting there and they started serving us ice cream, it really just made me think about what your religion and what Christianity is all about and its service. And you guys served us so well when we were there. And he said, it's just my, he goes, it, it is uh, my pleasure to have the opportunity to serve you guys. And, and that's when I then asked him for more barbecue <laughs> and for it to be free of charge. <laughs> no, I, I didn't, Chef. We, we, we paid our tab. <laughs> yeah, yes. we did. So, we, we paid, well, yeah, we did. That's good. That's good. It looked, whoever ate it, whoever's meal was whose, that doesn't matter. It looked amazing, and I'm glad you guys are having a good time. Let's hope by the end of the night we're all having a good time talking about a BYU win. And, and Greg, I, I think probably from a, a personnel standpoint, the one real question mark that we all have going into this game is what is the status of Cody Epps? Do we know anything yet about Cody's availability today? Yeah, just tweeted this out, Shep. Uh, Kalani in our pregame interview told me he expects him to play tonight. He says unless something something goes wrong in pregame or the training room says, nah, something's happened, he's expecting him to go tonight. So this should be the debut of Cody Epps, who had a massive game against Arkansas last season. Puka Nakua also had a huge game. There were so many yards put up. BYU threw for, for 350-plus last year. In fact, Arkansas's pass defense last year was the most generous in the country. No one threw for more yards against anyone than Arkansas allowed for the year. They were not a great pass defense. One of the reasons they changed both coordinators this year. But uh, Cody went 9 for 125. He led BYU in receptions in this game last year. That's how important he was then and hopefully becomes important to BYU tonight. So the word is is that Cody should give it a go unless uh, something happens uh, during his, his warm-ups tonight. And, and really, let's also note the fact that through two games, BYU got through pretty healthy. I mean, there really have There's nobody that got hurt in games one or two that is now a question mark in game three, so that's pretty important. A couple of other quick notes, Shep, and I know we're short on time here. Uh, BYU can't help the Razorbacks out more than they're helping themselves. Right now, Arkansas is not totally dependent but very dependent on opponent miscues to generate offense. They've scored almost half their points off of turnovers this year. And last year, BYU put it on the ground four times. Lost only two of the fumbles, but they put the ball on the ground four times plus a pick. That can't be what happens today. BYU was minus two in the turnover margin last year, and they, under Aaron Roderick, are more often than not a positive turnover margin team. They're not losing the turnover bottle, and they can't do it tonight against Arkansas. Both teams are looking at their yards per rush number going, how do we have only, you know, 2.8 or 3.4 yards per carry against the teams we've played so far? So that's another question we're hoping to answer tonight, Hans, is who's got, who really does have the run game? Now we expect Arkansas to look better when Rocket Sanders gets back, and he doesn't play tonight. That is huge. And K.J. Jefferson running, which he hasn't been doing, will be huge. But which team begins to look more like themselves tonight? We'll find out. Well, i got to tell you, too, Greg, really quick. I remember the first time a coach sat down and he said, Hans, get ready, you're starting. It was different. The energy, the preparation, everything that comes with a head college coach or your position coach sitting down and saying, 
the start is yours. And you know you beat out three or four guys. You're one of the few in the country that gets to start on a college football game day. It's it's just impactful. And is this in reference to L.J. Martin? In reference to L.J. Martin. He just went through this. He just got told, you beat out Aiden Robbins. You beat out Deion Smith. You're the best that we've got. You get the start. We'll see how he handles that. Guys, appreciate the insight as always. Hans, great job on the last hour. Greg, always great to talk with you. Uh, we will hear both of you gentlemen coming up in about a half an hour. Uh, thank you as always, and we'll hear you coming up in just a bit. Thanks, Jeff. There we go. It's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen. You'll hear them coming up. Coming up on the other side, Mitchell Jurgens will join me. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Pregame Live. Brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Mountain America is the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars are in Fayetteville, Arkansas, getting ready for a clash with the Arkansas Razorbacks. I'm joined now by our sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens, And let's go ahead and keep with the theme here, Mitch. Uh, talked with Hans about his food, talked with Greg about the food. Uh, would you like to comment on the food, which looked amazing? Dude, Jason, I'm so full. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have breakfast. If you had to run a 40-yard dash right now, could you do it? <laughs> uh, I could do it, but it may be 5-4. <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, not moving, I'm not moving fast right now, but... Uh, yeah, no breakfast, probably not going to have dinner at this rate. I mean, who knows what's going to change in the next, you know, if my body feels different in the next four or five hours. But uh, it was it was spectacular. I'll just say that. Well, I, uh, it, looked, it looked amazing. Next week, because uh, I'm joining you guys in Lawrence next week, so maybe, maybe we can try and do a little KC barbecue uh, next weekend before the uh, Cougars take on the, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. Just, I'm just throwing that I'm, out I'm, there. Hey, I'm all in. Okay, all uh, right. This uh, sounds like a fabulous plan. All right, I like it. So also, it sounds like a fabulous plan is Cody Epps playing, and we just found out that uh, he is going to give it a go. That is a big addition to the BYU offense. What does having Epps back do for this offense, in your opinion? Yeah, Jason, I, I mean, it, it does a lot. Um, Cody Epps is a threat all over the field. Um, it, you, you even look in the first two weeks, BYU has struggled to run the ball. Um, Having a guy like Cody in the slot, you can almost pick up those, you know, four to seven yard plays and, and, and gains at, at any time, uh, which can kind of replace not being able to run the ball so efficiently. Um, Cody's shiftiness at the line, his ability to make guys miss for yards after the catch is, is just such an incredible resource to have on the offense. Um, and, and you also look to his maturity and his experience. This is this is a guy, I mean, we saw it last week when Keanu Hill came back in the lineup. The offense took a significant step forward getting Keanu back, a guy that's been there, he's done that. Um, you know, having that again with Cody, I think, is going to be also just another step in the right direction for this offense. Um, but with all that said, though, you know, I hope we're still talking about the same Cody. Right. Um, a nagging hamstring injury is, is pretty concerning. 
Um, you know, it, it can be limiting. Um, who knows if he's going to have the, the same, you know, explosiveness that we're used to seeing with Cody Epps. Um, it can also get re-aggravated, re-aggravated at any time. So uh, that could put you right back on the sideline. So, you know, I hope his health is, is ready to go. I hope it's the full Cody that we see. But having him back on the field, it's obviously a step in the right direction, and this is going to be huge for the offense. You touched on it a second ago, talking about the the question mark so far that has been the the running game. L.J. Martin is going to get his first start. I'm actually really excited for him, number one, but also excited to see what he can do from the start of the game. The coaches have said they're not panicking about the rushing numbers. What's your concern level right now with the run game? Yeah, you know, Jason, I, I think I'm a little bit more nervous um, than obviously that you know what the coaches are saying, and and uh, you know it doesn't mean I don't trust what the coaches are saying, but from what I'm from my perspective, what I'm seeing, um, you know, 2.8 yards per carry, which is their average through the first couple games, um, that that's what's concerning. And then you look at it, and um, you know, against an SUU, uh, Sam Houston. Um, that it makes me even more concerned because regardless of, you know, I know SUU, they talked about it. Uh, they brought uh, their safeties down super low, you know, five to seven yards. So it opened up pass lanes and BYU took advantage of that. However, when you do put the ball on the ground, you shouldn't be at 2.8 yards per carry. You should be moving it, um, especially against a, a defense like the, the two that BYU's faced. So, yes, there are some concerns. However, with those concerns, um, you can get better um, through practice, watching the film, digesting it the way that you're supposed to. Um, it's, a, it's a mentality that, you know, even the offensive linemen, they need to win their one-on-one matchups, their one-on-one battles. Um, we didn't see, and that can change. You know, I go back to week one with the receivers. I didn't really see that mentality of a, I'm going to win. I'm going to do everything I can to make this big play. However, in week two, we saw that completely transform. That's the type of transition that I want to see from the offensive line is the first two weeks. Yeah, there's going to be, you know, some some people talking about the concerns they have with the offensive line. Uh, What the offensive line men should be thinking is, look, you know, forget what they say. We're going to come out. We're going to change it all with effort mentality. Hopefully they've done what they've needed to do in practice to get themselves right. Uh, But that's, uh, uh, you know. What we need to see is a big improvement from them winning their one-on-one matchups and just bringing the physicality to a, a tough Arkansas defense. Arkansas will not have one of their biggest weapons in Raheem Rocket Sanders. That, that's, that's just huge. It's To not yeah. have him, that is a big, big loss on the offensive side for the Hogs. They still have K.J. Jefferson. I, I don't know if you were able to hear when we had Chuck Barrett on, the play-by-play man for uh, Arkansas, they, they have new coordinators, new offensive coordinator in Arkansas, and, and I asked him what, what's, what will be different, and he said they're probably going to have fewer RPOs in the offense this year and tonight versus what B, the BYU defense saw last year in Provo. With that as the backdrop, with BYU's new defensive scheme, how better equipped do you think the BYU defense is to handle what Arkansas will throw at them offensively tonight? Yeah, I think they're going to be much better equipped. Um, and, and it kind of just goes back to, in my opinion, what Jay Hill is doing. Um, from what we've seen in the first two weeks, this defense has been much more aggressive at the line of scrimmage. 
Uh, they bring more pressure, which hopefully, if done the right way, is going to put uh, it's going to make KJ Jefferson's job just a little bit more difficult uh, this year than last. Um, because you know, last year I think he looked just way too comfortable back in the pocket, which allowed him to you know go for nearly 400 yards, five touchdowns, and and he could do it pretty effortlessly. Um, I'm hoping that you know with the Jay Hill defense bringing the aggression, um, that's going to change things up. Um, they they are going to have though a few you know a few tests. Um, yes, they've brought more pressure the last couple of weeks. However, we haven't seen too many players get to the quarterback, and and in my opinion, when you're bringing six guys. One guy has to win that one-on-one matchup and get to the quarterback. And and if you're going to make KJ Jefferson uncomfortable, um, that's it, it's going to need to happen. So I, I'm, I'll be really keying in on that. See if they can do that. Get to the quarterback. And then the other test that that I think is going to be a question mark about this defense tonight, just because we haven't seen it, is I think these safeties will be tested. So yeah. um, over the first two weeks, we didn't really see that. Um, however, against this Arkansas offense, the speed, the athleticism. Um, the increased production and, and talent level of these of these receivers. I think these safeties are going to uh, see something that maybe they haven't seen in the first couple of weeks, and hopefully they're ready. Um, they're, you know, whoever they've got back there, I know they've rotated a couple different guys, but um, it's going to be a test, but hopefully they can rise to the occasion tonight. All right, last thing for you, Mitch. Both teams 2-0. Obviously, only one can end the night 3-0. If that team is going to be BYU, what does it look like for the Cougars in your opinion? Yeah, we've already talked about the offensive line. That uh, I think, in my opinion, that's number one. They need to be better, and I hope they've done what's needed in practice and in the film room to take those strides to improve. Um, number two, they've got to, in my opinion, they got to win the turnover battle. Um, last year in the shootout up in Provo, BYU lost that turnover battle three to one, um, and and that was the difference maker in the loss, especially in a, in a shootout like it was last year. Um, anytime you're in a shootout, turnovers prove to be very costly. Um, or beneficial based on which side you look at it from. Um, so if this game is at all like last year's, they need to protect the football, which is going to be, uh, an, or they need to protect it, but also take it away. And, and for the defense, the BYU defense, that's going to be tough to do because Arkansas, they have not turned the ball over yet this year. They're doing a good job, job protecting it. So those are kind of the two things that I'm watching, the op- improved performance of the offensive line and then win that turnover battle. Temperature is supposed to be in the 70s, right? No rain, supposed to be a pretty good night, isn't it? Oh, it's it's perfect. I mean, this is this is beautiful. You cannot couldn't ask for a better situation. Um, it's cool. It's not too hot. Um, fans are loud. You can already kind of hear it in the in pregame. Arkansas's uh, field they or team they just took the field in pregame warmups and and it got pretty rowdy already. So it's going to be a fun atmosphere. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the insight. Uh, have fun on the sidelines tonight, and uh, we'll hear you on the broadcast with Greg and Hands. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. There we go. Mitchell Jurgens, our sideline reporter and former BYU receiver. On the other side, you will hear from Razorback head coach Sam Pittman. That's next on Mountain America Credit Union Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Tune to Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars taking on Arkansas tonight in Fayetteville. It's the Cougars and the Razorbacks. And 
We've got it for you here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, the Razorbacks don't, unfortunately, make Coach Sam Pittman available to opposing media. So unlike previous games, I was not able to speak with him one-on-one this week. However, he did speak to the media in general, and Coach Pittman gave his thoughts on this year's version of the BYU Cougars. Anybody who's undefeated, including us, they're hard to beat. They haven't learned how to lose yet in that season. That group of guys that's playing together hadn't hadn't been beat, so they, they don't know how to lose. But I think the tape, to be perfectly honest with you, now they're 2-0, and their tape, they play extremely hard. I mean, they do. They did last year. I think they're a better football team than they were last year. Big uh, physical team. Uh, they've got a guy at each level on defense that I think is pretty, pretty, really good. Ninety, their defensive end, Tule. I love Tule. I loved him last year. Just a hard playing kid, and then Robinson. So they, they've got, and they've got more than that. But those are kind of standout guys on defense. They run. They're totally different on defense than they were last year. And got a guy from Weber State in, and they are multiple, multiple now. And against us, because of our. Not having success running the ball, I'm sure we're going to see a tremendous amount of looks. They moved pre-snap, some things we've got to get ready for. But they ran odd pressure. They're a fire zone team, which we have not seen this year either, where it's true three under, three deep. So they're going to cause us some problems because they move so much. They they blitz quite a little bit. Uh, Offensively, they're really big, really good at tackle, really good at tackle. Kingsley, again, I said it last year, but I tried to get him – to go to Georgia, uh, end up going to Oregon and transferring in. And then they got the kid, Etienne kid, the kid from uh, Oklahoma State at the other huge guys. I think those are two premier-type tackles. And then I don't know if Epps is going to be back or not, but uh, he was hurt last – well, he's hurt two weeks. He, he's a really good player at wideout two. Their number two, this Chad Roberts – or Chase Roberts is, is a really – he catches a lot of balls. He reminds me a little bit of R4 to be perfectly honest with you. And then, uh, you know, they got the quarterback uh, transfer in from Pitt. Five, number five is a really good wide out too. So they're a stretch team, a, a boss counter team. They run a lot more stretch this year than they had in the past. I think they're still trying to run the ball a little bit as well. Two teams remind me a little bit of each other. I think their defense is playing outstanding. Their offense is playing well, but their defense is to me, really playing well, like ours. So it's a good matchup. They're a big physical football team. As part of his press conference, Coach Pittman took a social media question asking if there will be more of a sense of urgency from both teams because this is the first real test for both the Cougars and the Razorbacks. You know, what's amazing in first two game weeks, what's amazing is is that you prepare for the first game and it's like, when is it going to get here, you know, at some point? Because you prepare about nine days out, and you're, when is it going to get here? When's it going to get here? You're assuming that your guys are going to be hyped up because it's the first game of the year and all that kind of stuff. Your second game of the year, I, I felt like there was no – you can prepare them all you want, as urgent as you want. They have to accept that there's a reason for urgency. I mean, they do. And sometimes it's simply because of who you're playing. You know, uh, I think I forget Trey might have asked a question about BYU or Tom. I don't know who did. But BYU, I know this. Last year, BYU was an urgent game. It was a must win for us and all those type things. So 
it is now. And again, like I say, it's hard to beat a team that hadn't lost, and both of us haven't. So someone's going to have to. But uh, I think our kids understand the urgency of this game. That was Razorback head coach Sam Pittman. We'll take a quick break, come back, and wrap things up. Plus, we'll uh, update you on a couple of top 25 college football scores. Back with one final segment of Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Tuned to Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Jason Shepard. One final segment of Mountain America Credit Union, Cougar Pregame Live. Mountain America is the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's, let's update you on just one of the craziest scores, and you wouldn't think it would be this way. It's, it's Alabama at South Florida, but they're in the third quarter, and they're halfway through the quarter, and it's 3-3. Would not have expected that today. Elsewhere, three minutes to go. This one is not in doubt. Oklahoma leading at Tulsa, 66-17. At the half, number eight, Washington, right now obliterating Michigan State, 35 to nothing. Some finals from earlier today. It was number 14, LSU, winning at Mississippi State, 41-14. We talked about this earlier in the show. Missouri upsets number 15, K-State, 30-27. Utah defeating Weber State, 31-7 is the final score. And this is now final. Number one, Georgia comes back. They trailed 14-3. They win 24-14 over South Carolina. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. This is the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville, Arkansas, the 76,000-seat, 85-year-old home of the Arkansas Razorbacks, who tonight host BYU for the first time ever in the second game of a home-and-home series that began last season in Provo. The Razorbacks went hog-wild in a 52-35 win that featured more than 1,100 combined yards of total offense. The Kooks tonight play for payback in SEC country. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. With me in our broadcast booth is the big man, former BYU and NFL lineman Hans Olsen. And we've got an intriguing matchup tonight, a pair of 2-0 teams that both got here the same way with wins over one FCS team and one lower-tier FBS team. Both teams look just good enough on offense but better on defense. And both teams are dealing with injured playmakers. BYU's not yet seen Cody Epps on the field, but they should get him back tonight. While Arkansas is missing running back Raheem Sanders for a second straight game, he will not play tonight. Hands, both BYU and Arkansas will find out a lot more about who they really are here tonight. Well, and that was great news that you gave us in the pregame. Cody Epps back on the field for BYU. I just want to make a statement. With Cody Epps back on the field, you now have Keanu Hill and Cody. 
when Keanu Hill got back, you saw a vast improvement. Now bringing Cody back, you hope you can take that next step of improvement. Wide, re- right, wide receivers play so big in this BYU offense. You need that production from both of them. So I think that's gigantic news that Cody Epps is back on the field, and we'll see how it plays out for BYU. Coming up after this, we'll hear what BYU head coach Kalani Sitake has to say about Cody and tonight's game as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. My chat with Kalani coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show continues. Once again, here's Greg Rubel. After back-to-back home games and comfortable wins over heavy underdogs, it is time for Power 5 football. Tonight here in Fayetteville, the BYU Cougars kicking off a stretch of 10 consecutive Power Conference opponents. BYU needs to defeat at least four of them to become bowl eligible in its first season as a Big 12 Conference member. The Cougars' Big 12 slate begins next Saturday in Lawrence, but first, an SEC table setter as BYU battles Arkansas, one of those teams. These two teams will be 3-0 in a few hours. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. It's brought to you by Zions Bank. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. And tonight... Coach talks about the unique experience of preparing to play college football in SEC country. It is, and you can tell from the drive-in, um, the tailgate, the uh, festivities. I mean, they, they love their football here, and we're excited to be in this environment. We've been in this type of environment before, and so uh, it's also really nice because our fans are out here, and we see the Royal Blue out there. So I'm excited to see our pl- our fans and our players in this type of environment. I think you can, um, <clears throat> you can kind of motivate you, you know, with what's going on. And I feel like the energy from the fans, and the, I think it's going to work out in our favor. I, th- I think it's going to – the players being the, uh, the first away game and in this type of environment is going to be really cool. And for those guys that are new to it, I think they'll be, they'll be excited for the opportunity. It was an early season game in 2019. You played at Tennessee and came away with the win. What are your recollections from that night? Uh, same type of environment, same type of feel, you know, um, even on the drive over. But I, I feel just uh, from our team, we're, we're a little bit more mature, we're a little bit more um, experienced in a lot of different places, which speaks to our, our depth. And so we have a lot of guys that this isn't a uh, first big game for them. And so it's nice that it's game three for us. And I know they, they had some some uh, some adversity to overcome too as, as well. So I don't think either team feels like they performed at their best. And why not find a way to get it done today? You know, so I think tonight's going to be a really cool environment. I keep saying that, but I think, I think that uh, this is that type of situation where we could bring out the best in, in both teams, and I'm looking forward to our guys doing their best. Yeah, great barometer team for both uh, 2-0 and teams. What kind of work week was it for your team? Really good. I, I thought we're, we're really physical in practice, and I think some of the players have mentioned that in media, um, but it's all by design. Everything that we do, there's, there's a method to it. Uh, but I think the guys should feel really, really fresh, and uh, the weather's great out here, so it um, feels a lot like home, just a little bit more air to breathe, which is, uh, works well for us, you know. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the guys in the warm-up and seeing how they feel with everything. But so far, the, the travel's been nice, and uh, it's good that we have some presence here, some, a bunch of fans around. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
We talk about the practice week and wide receiver Cody Epps practiced more this week. He hasn't played yet. Might tonight be the night we see number zero on the field? Yeah, I'm expecting him to play, but unless something um, happens in, in pregame that, that he doesn't feel well or, or the 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 training uh, room or the you know our, our doctors feel like it he's putting himself at risk I, I I'm anticipating him playing tonight he had a great game against Arkansas last year he did yeah and I, and I think he he he's a really good player so we want all our, our all our players available to us and uh, you know we, we we've had some, some uh, shifting around with certain things but I think for the most part. Uh, it'll be a lot better if we have him with us. Coach Aaron Roderick said that L.J. Martin will get the first snaps at running back. He's earned those, hasn't he? He has, and I think that um, we've seen a really cool response from from Aiden and from uh, from, from Dion. So I, I think that, that right there, that move, I mean, we're committed to competition. So the best guys, they start. That's how it works, and, and um, uh, L.J. should expect those other two to come after that spot, and, and I and I anticipate them doing it. But they, uh, it's the great connection with them; it's what binds them together. I think they'll be really excited, regardless of who gets the touchdowns or the carries. Uh, you're going to see all three tonight, but I, th- I think it'd be a, a cool change up right now with, with L.J. going out first. It's your first Power Conference game of the year. What's the value of having a quarterback in Keaton who's had a P5 P- career to this point? Yeah, I, I think he's seen it all, and he's been in. in tough tough environments before he, he's always been a cool customer from the beginning <laughs> he's a, just extremely uh composed and has great poise and so i think we're going to lean on that heavily I, I i i'd like to see us um you know find ways to keep drives going and and i think um i think we're in a really good good uh feel for me this week uh this is a great time for keaton to, to do his thing but we can always count on him being under control, controlling his emotions, and finding ways to get the guys to, to, to. He does a great job of getting the guys a little calm and not being so amped up that you end up making mistakes. And I, I think that's a, it's a good presence to have on the field. How about the matchup of a, a Jay Hill coached defense against a KJ Jefferson led offense for Arkansas tonight? Well, always a tough task. I mean, KJ is extremely talented. He can run and he can throw. And he's really big. I mean, 6'3", 247. He, he, we saw last year how hard he is to bring down. So we can't just assume that the first guy that gets there is going to make the tackle. We have to have great pursuit from everywhere. And that's what Jay is really good at is teaching the ankle pursuits, teaching um, all 11 run into the ball. Uh, we're trying to minimize their big plays. But I think Jay is a master at making things happen and finding different ways to get, the, get a rhythm on defense. And I, I look forward to seeing him call this game. And, and uh, obviously, I'll be tuned in on what's, what's going on in all three phases. But mm-hmm. uh, Jay's excited for this moment. I'm really excited to see him go. Coach Pittman said they really haven't unleashed K.J. by design to this point because they felt they had two games. They wouldn't necessarily need to run him, but that it's different now that their schedule changes. I anticipate that. I mean, we, you saw it in, in the, the play selection from the first two games. Uh, we saw him do a lot more against us last year, and I know that he's a big part of what they do, and there's a reason why he came back. and. And uh, he could have gone to the NFL already. But I think he's looking forward to making some plays and doing some things with the team. But uh, when it all comes down to it, that guy is a great player. We have to find ways to uh, contain him and ways to tackle him. And, and that's going to be the, the challenge for tonight. Coach, thank you for the preview. We look forward to a fun one tonight. We'll talk to you post game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Go Cougs. That's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, and this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. As we head to break, we bring you tonight's Ford Keys to the Game. They're presented by your local Ford stores. BYU football built Ford proud. Hans Olsen, what are your keys to tonight's contest? All right, number one is hold all edges defensively. Force all option and runs back inside. DNs, 
safeties, corners, every one of them got to win their one-on-ones and force everything back inside. You've got to be able to contain the pocket and force the run back inside. It's critical against K.J. Jefferson. So that's number one. Number two, get the run game going at all costs. L.J. Martin early. Give him some lanes and just let him go. Block until the whistle is done blowing. I want to see the offensive line, Greg, just going and going and going and churning. So get L.J. Martin going. Make him feel good about his opportunity that he has. And then finally, number three, safeties need to be on their spots. Arkansas has been limited in big plays so far this season, and you've got to keep it that way. So be exactly where Coach Hill wants you to be. Those safeties are going to be key. Don't allow the big breaking plays because even Kent State was able to stop Arkansas up. So if Kent State can stop them up by playing really good safety play, making sure that everything is filtered, contained, then BYU should be able to do it too. Hans Olsen and tonight's forward keys to the game. Coming up next, the Cougar kickoff show. And this is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We're getting closer to kickoff of BYU football. You're tuned to the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show. Ken Garf, we hear you. The Cougar kickoff show is also brought to you by Bailey's. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Feast Box broadcast booth. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Tonight, 2-0 BYU visiting 2-0 Arkansas. The Cougars playing. Their 16th game all-time against a current member of the SEC. A win tonight would bring BYU back to 500 in games against members of the Southeastern Conference. And it would be the Cougars' second consecutive win on an SEC team's home field. BYU winning at Tennessee four years and eight days ago. This is the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show presented by Ken Garf. Whatever your vehicle needs are, go to KenGarf.com. Ken Garf, we hear you. Greg Rubel with Hans Olsen in our Feast Box broadcast booth. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens is on the sidelines and in the Zions Bank end zone for, for 150 years of helping you succeed. Zions Bank is for you. Our scoreboard host is Jason Shepard, booth engineers Scott Sandstrom and Doug Olson. Our spotter, Jake Murphy, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operators Seth Larson and Derek Dungan. Studio editor is Ethan Arkell. And tonight's stats interns are Juice Woodson and Ken Ruth. You're joining us on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Our Salt Lake City over-the-air flagship, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're also on the BYU Radio app, the KSL News Radio app, as well as BYURadio.org and our network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. Subscribe to the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and highlights. You can also get those on the BYU Radio app and at byuradio.org. Search sports or shows. (coughs) And look for BYU football. That's the way it goes. In getting to 2-0, BYU's put on the field an improved defensive product. The Cougars have allowed only 16 points in two games, a 14-0 shutout of Sam Houston and a 41-16 defeat of Southern Utah. It's the first time BYU has allowed fewer than 17 points in consecutive games since... 
the Idaho State and Georgia Southern games in late 2021. Of course, BYU opened with a new FBS team, Sam Houston, then an FCS opponent. But uh, regardless of the caliber of competition, Jay Hill's new scheme has already paid dividends and is uh, just uh, tougher to face than last year's group. Hands, we'd be surprised if Arkansas is able to run up and down the field the way the Razorbacks did last season in Provo. They rolled up almost 650 yards of offense last year at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, so let's just take a look at that 650 yards. I think that's important. So 277 yards of that was rushing. 175 yards of that 277 came from one man, Rocket Sanders. Rocket Sanders is off the field, so that's a huge portion of their rushing yards. Then last year, you had 367 yards that came through the air from K.J. Jefferson. There were five touchdowns through the air as well. Three of those touchdowns went to current Seahawk Matt Landers, so he's gone. Another couple of touchdowns went to two transfers that actually left Arkansas this year. So you lose the three top leading receivers that brought down a big portion of the 367 yards. Arkansas looks nothing like they did last year. They've even got a new offensive coordinator. K.J. Jefferson has looked a bit out of sorts, and so it's just going to be a completely different game. You can't hardly even take what I was looking on film from 2022 and apply it to 2023. There's just so little similarities. Time now to identify this week's E-Assist player to watch for BYU. It's brought to you by the E-Assist Dental Health Education Foundation, reminding you that dental cleanings are essential for your health. Hands, who do you have as a BYU player to watch tonight? Well, let's put LJ Martin in that category. His first start, I think that's a really big night for him. How about your first start being against an SEC team? As young as he is in SEC country against Arkansas, being told that he gets the start. Just the thought of it energizes me. And I talked about what that does to you as far as just all of your acute energy. Watching film and paying attention to the very fine details because you know you're the first guy on the field. You don't get a chance to fill it out. You don't get a chance to see Aiden Robbins miss a block or Aiden Robbins not be able to hit a gap. You're out there. So you prepare like you're going to be out there. That's a big difference. So I've got my the eyes solely locked on L.J. Martin in that first offensive drive to see how he does in the run game, but more importantly, to see how he does when his number is called to block in a passing set and when his number is called to potentially get out in the flats in a screen look or in a passing opportunity. Now, it's not exactly apples to apples because Tyson Williams was an older player, but last time BYU went into SEC country and beat an SEC team, Tyson Williams ran the way that L.J. Martin's been running. And remember the, 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 the double overtime touchdown, the game winner. Tyson Williams and the O-line were a pile of humanity and muscle getting into the yeah. end zone to win that game. And that's kind of how L.J. runs and has been running. The O-line needs to join the party, be a little more stout up front. But uh, that was the kind of game it took for BYU to win a game in SEC country. So I want to give you a perspective from an offensive lineman, too. When you get the right running back behind us, we feel energized as well. I had an opportunity to be on a team with Edron James. I didn't block a ton for him, but I was a backup lineman for him. And I just remember thinking, you've got that guy behind you. You know all you got to do is catch an edge. He's going to go get you six, seven, eight yards. He's going to make you famous. So I'm hoping that as energized as L.J. Martin is, that if I'm Kingsley Suamata'ea or if I'm Waylon Lapuaho, 
I'm energized knowing that he's behind me and he's going to break the edge and he's going to give me everything he's got. So it should be a unifier between the two. All right, the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show continues after this reminder to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. More from Fayetteville after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Arkansas coming up, bottom of the hour. First of back-to-back away games for BYU after consecutive home games to open the season. It was the first time in 11 years that the Cougars opened the campaign with two straight home games. First time ever that BYU's opened 2-0 in four consecutive seasons. 12 years of FBS independence allowed BYU a pretty nice runway to P5 membership because it permitted the Cougars to fill their schedule with multiple power conference opponents from 2011 through 2022. These are the number of P5 foes that BYU faced in each season with the exception of the COVID campaign in 2020. Here's the number. This is the number of power conference opponents year by year. Four, five, seven, three, five, six, four, five, four, seven, five. That's 55 P5 teams. An average of five P5s per season. Now BYU doubles that number in 2023. Tonight's game is the first of 10 consecutive power conference games for the Cougars. It's the toughest schedule in BYU football history by far. And hands, tonight is the night we start to judge how ready BYU is for the P5 primetime. So that goes to their depth. That's where you really start to judge things. They've made the switch with the defensive staff, and they've brought in a bunch of transfers. And now you hope that that transfer effort has really increased the depth. Because you know in that 10-game stretch, we're going to go through all kinds of journeys together, Greg. It's going to be Toad's Wild Ride. (laughs) We don't know who's going to come out on the other end. We don't know who's going to win number one, number two in the depth chart battle. We've already seen a move with L.J. Martin. I'm sure that everybody's paying close attention on the edges defensively. Everybody's paying close attention with the tight ends. They're all fighting. They're dog fighting for reps for the number two. So there is going to be a lot of battles, but we're going to watch the depth form because through 10 games, that's what it's going to come down to. If you want to get four wins out of it or five wins or six wins out of this 10-game effort, you've got to have your twos that come in and give you a respectable effort and don't let the ones down. Hans mentions the number four there, and uh, four is the number of wins BYU needs to get bowl eligible from this point. They're 2-0, you need to get to six, and so of these next ten, can BYU find four, or like Hans said, five or six? Time now for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Pro Bowl, your convenience and comfort will always be our highest priority. And while no team wants to get too comfortable with punting situations... BYU's punt and punt cover teams have been outstanding through two games. Cougar kicker Ryan Rico tied for third nationally in punt average. BYU as a team ranks second nationally in net punting. Thanks in large part to the excellent cover skills of Marcus McKenzie. Hands Rico's weapon straight up. He has a cannon for a leg, NFL hang time. He's got guys on the outside like Marcus who can fight through blocks and make tackles. BYU's winning the field position battle right now, and the punt unit is a big reason why. And Marcus McKenzie is on the front end of that. So Rico's foot, absolutely. First of all, yeah, we know. You don't want to see the punter. None of us do. We get it. But the punter can be a really integral part to BYU getting a win against 
the Razorbacks. And that comes to Marcus Williams' ability to cover. Marcus McKenzie. Or Marcus McKenzie. It, you're only as good as your cover team can get down and cover. Because if you open up and you give them a 20-yard return, it's just a bruise. So <clears throat> Marcus McKenzie has been incredible in his first efforts. All right, we're back with more of the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show live from Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Getting you set for BYU in Arkansas and the Cougars' first ever visit to Fayetteville. Only the seventh time all-time that BYU's played in an SEC venue. Tonight, Fayetteville joins Athens, Tuscaloosa, Starkville, Oxford, and Knoxville as SEC towns to have hosted BYU. Starkville did it twice. Uh, Next week, BYU adds another new city to its all-time itinerary. As the Cougs kick off their inaugural Big 12 slate in Lawrence, Kansas. Through two games, BYU now in the middle of the pack nationally in the passing game, but near the back of the pack in the run game. Now it's a small sample size, just two games, but the Cougars are averaging only 2.8 yards per carry. That ranks 115th. BYU's rush attempts per game are also bottom 20. And three of four rushing touchdowns for BYU have been scored courtesy of Keaton Slovis who had no rushing touchdowns as a collegiate until this year. Now, it is true that Southern Utah kind of invited BYU to throw the ball over a stacked box last week, and BYU threw it very well, but the run game will be called upon to produce, and under three yards per carry will not be adequate as the season progresses. L.J. Martin has been the best runner in part hands because he's the one guy that hasn't needed a perfectly blocked play to make things happen, and the freshman gets to start tonight, as you've noted. Yeah, and he's really good at just making things happen out of nothing. He's really good at that. And, you know, I actually wanted to just talk to the SEC Stadium a little bit because you mentioned Tuscaloosa. I played in that game. I played against Alabama. I played in that stadium. That was a bigger environment than this. That Alabama environment was bigger than this. And it was tough to overcome it. Our first quarter, in fact, our first half, it felt slow. It felt like the crowd was overpowering us. It felt like they were overpowering us. This isn't that big. It's big, but it's not that big. These guys need to get over being in this SEC stadium really fast. Coming up, we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens as the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show continues after this, live from Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville, Arkansas, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar fans, it's time to gear up and get ready for BYU sports. The excitement is back and bigger. You're listening to the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the Feast Box broadcast booth and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Arkansas moments away here in Fayetteville. 76 degrees right now, mid-60s by the end of the game. You ask any coach for keys to any game, and every coach will mention the turnover battle because it really matters. Under Kalani Sitake, BYU 32-8 and when they are plus in the turnover margin. Arkansas under Sam Pittman, 14-0 and when the Razorbacks win the turnover battle. Last season in Provo, one of those wins. Razorbacks were plus two in the margin, and they won at 52-35. Let's bring in now former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens in the Zions Bank end zone for 150 years of helping you succeed 
Zions Bank is for you. And Mitch, last year against Arkansas, BYU puts the ball on the ground four times, loses two fumbles and a pick in a shootout. Those lost possessions were the difference makers. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. Whenever you're in a shootout, turnovers prove to be the best thing that can happen or the worst uh, that can happen, depending on which side you're looking from. And BYU was on the unfortunate side last year as they lost that turnover batter, battle 3-1. to one. Um, Not only is it a huge turn of events that can result in a potential 14-point swing, but it sucks all the momentum out of you and puts a lot of pressure on both sides of the ball to not to feel like they can't make any more mistakes or have any hiccups, which is tough to play through and be perfect with all that pressure. So if BYU can come out tonight and win the turnover battle, this would be huge for them. Uh, but, Greg, that's not going to be an easy thing to do with veteran and star quarterback at the helm um, for Arkansas in KJ Jefferson. Not only is he an elite playmaker, but so far this season, he hasn't turned the ball over and neither has the rest of this offense. Through two games, this offense hasn't, has done an incredible job protecting the football and their defense has forced six. Uh, so BYU will have their work cut out for them if they want to make a splash in this area of the game tonight. Mitchell, thank you. Good stuff. Coming up next, coin toss and opening kick. This has been the Ken Garp Cougar Kickoff Show live from Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville, Arkansas. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network.